Who knows what a syllogism is? Who studied logic? Okay, there you are. You can look it up afterwards. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. I, I want to talk about uh, and carry on about the devil and, uh, and what happened, but I, I, I want to explain one of the biggest problems in Christendom is lack of logic. You see, God made us rational, but people become illogical, okay? Now look at the logic of this. A dog is a mammal. Is that correct? Everyone will agree that a dog is a mammal. Hello? Are you sure? A cat is what? A mammal. So a cat is a dog. Well, a dog's a mammal, a cat's a mammal. That's true, isn't it? Well, is it true? A cat's a mammal, a dog's a mammal. Is that true? Then a cat is a dog. And a dog is a cat. That's a syllogism. That, that is what happens when people take truth and draw a conclusion that's totally wrong. And they will try and persuade you by the lie that, well, it's true, you see. Yes, a dog is a mammal. Yes, a cat is a mammal. But a cat isn't a dog. And a dog isn't a cat. And lies are always based on someone making a conclusion that is not true but they make their conclusion out of a basis of truth and that's how the devil operates the whole way he operates is always on getting people to believe and that's how salesmen operate <laughs> they operate on lies that's how advertising and politicians operate they take two things that are true and then they draw a conclusion that has no relevance. And then you end up living a lie. You end up living a lie because that's how the devil first introduced it. He's always attacking the rational logic. People get mixed up because they don't understand that one thing God wants us to do is to be rational, logical. If you're going to love God with your mind and all your mind, you better understand that you don't get trapped into drawing conclusions from Scripture that just aren't true. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And in life, that's how it operates. Just by lies. You can have the alternative where um, basically the two presuppositions are false and the conclusion's right. Then you're in greater danger. But here you have a dog who's a mammal. You have a cat who's a mammal. But a cat isn't a dog and a dog isn't a cat. Hmm? You could do the same thing with a giraffe and... I suppose, let me think, hedgehog. And it just is ridiculous. I want you to bear that in mind. Just keep that in mind, in your minds. All right? We're coming back to it. I just want you to have that in your mind because I want to deal 
with the devil and his lies. And I want you to understand how he operates. If you understand how he operates and how his rationale operates, then you begin to unearth in your own life how you get deceived. Because he's artful. The devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He tells you truths and then draws conclusions that are total lies. But when you go back, the truth is true. The lie is the conclusion. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's important to understand. I want to go to the Bible. I, I, I want you to understand how the devil operates and then understand how society operates. Then you remember John 14, 30. You remember the second half of the verse. We looked at it before. Jesus said, verse 30, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Jesus could say the prince... Of this world cometh, and it's got nothing in me. Nothing. And it's so important to understand uh, when you start looking at biblical truth that you understand that the devil never ever had anything in Jesus. I looked at it on Friday, and we talked about the fact that in the garden, in the temptation, what happened, and this is the most important thing for a Christian to understand and it's not understood by many, man gave the devil dominion. When Adam sinned, he relinquished the dominion God had given him, and he gave it to the devil. He renounced the lordship of Christ and the lordship of God over his life, and he allowed another to come in and advise him. That is called the devil, the serpent, Satan. And from that point on, man had no control. That is why the scripture says you're born in sin. Original sin came in, original corruption came in, the depravity of man came in, and man was now dead in trespasses and sins. His life, spiritual life and walk with God was finished, and now the one who controlled him was the devil. And that is the state of every unregenerate person in life. It's not taught anymore in churches because people find it offensive and they don't like to be told they're depraved. And they feel that if you tell them that, they get upset. But by natural birth, everyone is in sin. They're born in sin and sin's the problem. And the dominion of the devil is over their life, totally. And when you get born again, you're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son.
and a new birth is absolutely essential for anyone to understand anything of the truths of God. Is that plain? Hello. Now, what you have to understand, and understand very well. Now, what happens when a sinner comes to new birth, he's translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. All right? He's translated. The dominion of the devil is broken in redemption. Now, what is important to understand... You've been born from above, you're regenerate. The power and dominion of the devil has been broken. The power of sin has been broken. And this cat cannot be a dog. Nor can the dog be a cat. A great gulf is fixed between. And what has happened in the rationale of churches, they've tried to tell you, oh, well, everyone's the same. You know, well, we all fall, we all fail. No. If you're born from above, there comes a total transformation of the inner nature and you're no longer in the power and dominion of darkness, you're in the power and dominion of light. Is that plain? You're not cat and dog. Same thing. And what has happened is because a Christian gets into bother they then try to pretend that the Christian is the same. They'll believe Romans 7 is a Christian experience, which it most certainly isn't. If that which I, what I do not and what I would not, that I do, and it's no more I that do it, but sin that lives in me, I've never been translated from one kingdom to the other. Is that plain? I want to keep you thinking. I want to keep you thinking because if you don't think with your logic and your reason, you won't get out of the deceptions of the devil. He's artful. See, when he came to, to Adam and Eve, think about it. He came to Adam and Eve, and it's not just a story, you know, an Eastern mythology. That is not what it is. It's the whole basis. Paul in his letter to Romans makes it very plain that this is the crux of salvation. If you don't believe in Adam and Eve and you don't believe in sin coming by one, redemption couldn't have come by one, and our faith is vain. So, when the serpent comes to Eve, he says, well, hath not God said? And he puts the truth out, but the deadliness of it is, his conclusion was, the reason God doesn't want you to know good and evil is you're going to become like God, and you will know the difference between good and evil. And he was lying because they were already made in the image of God. And he was pretending there was something that God had taken away from them, robbed them of, and was depriving them of. And hey, they better be smart and wise up. Now the truth was that God had set, said you can eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you can't eat. Now there was truth in it, but the deception was when he said the reason for it and his conclusion was totally false. 
okay? Very often in people's lives, whether it's in business, whether it's in family, whether it's in home, whether it's in education, whatever area it is, usually what they believe isn't wrong, but it's the conclusion they draw from their beliefs that get them in bother. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, and that is where we always get people going to heresy and going to error and going to sin and going to problems because they draw a conclusion. And the devil operates on the fact that he knows that man likes to dominate his own life and therefore he wants his own way and because he wants his own way he'll get you to take truth and draw conclusions. And the conclusions are totally false. Let's go on and look. Jesus, you remember, in the temptation. Talked about it before. To give you another biblical example, Jesus takes the... Um, the Satan takes Jesus at the pinnacle of the temple, shows him that the... Um, says to him, cast yourself off, for it is written... He shall give you his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Absolutely true. And what the devil is saying, the conclusion is, if you show by some supernatural power that you can defy the forces of gravity, everyone's going to accept you, everyone's going to believe you. And the truth was, the scripture he quoted was absolutely true. But it was out of the conclusion that was so deadly. Jesus rebuked him and said, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Him only shall you serve. Why? He was going to serve the purpose of the devil, not the purpose of God. God didn't take him there. The devil took him there. The devil drew the truth, and then the devil said, You do this. God hadn't told him to do it, and Jesus made it plain, I do only those things that I see my Father do. I speak only those things that I hear my Father speak. In other words, my lordship is to another, not to you. Now, if Jesus had responded either in making the stones into bread, or he'd responded in casting himself off the temple, or he'd responded in worshipping the devil, he would have sacrificed the lordship and dominion that he had and given it to the devil. You see, lordship has everything to do, and we were singing, there's a name that's above every name. All right. Now the lordship is so important. To whom you yield yourselves, says Paul, servants to obey, his servants you are whom you obey. So if Jesus had yielded himself to the serpent, he would have become the servant of the serpent as Adam did, the first Adam. But Jesus was never under the dominion of the devil. That's why he had to be born of the seed of God, of a virgin, and took on uh, the form of uh, man. And he was found in fashion as a man, but he was God. Incarnate. 
You understand that, okay? Very important to understand. Now everyone else was under the dominion of the devil. They'd yielded their lives because Adam yielded his. They'd yielded their lordship. And everyone in the whole of earth is under the lordship of someone. Either you're under the lordship of Jesus Christ or you're under the lordship of the devil. And that is why it makes it very plain in Scripture that you must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, but it must be more than just lip service. It's got to be total surrender. Okay? Remember the cat and the dog. Don't forget it. We're coming to back to cat and dog. A very important truth. I want you to understand. Don't know how I can explain it easier. If I think of a way, I'll do it. Now, what happens is Ephesians chapter 2 we looked at. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 2. Talking of all natural man, and he writes to the Ephesians... And he says this, he said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now look, if you're dead in trespasses and sins, you walk a certain way. You walk according to the course of this world. In other words, your reasoning, your thinking, and all your beliefs are according to worldly principles. Very dangerous. Secondly, according to the prince of the power of the air. Did you realize that the prince of the power of the air has set these false teachings in the earth they're called doctrines of demons and what he really does is he controls you by you having surrendered the rule of your life to the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air is the one who gets the people in high places that he can manipulate with his lies and his filth and he's taking us to a wor world of destruction and hopelessness and he's robbing us of our freedoms in Christ. And he's wanting to rob us of the moral law of God. He's wanting to rob us of the truth of God. He wants to rob us of anything that savors of righteousness. And he wants us to believe that wrong is right. And when you're dead in trespasses and sins, that's the way you live. That's the way you walk. That's the way you're snared. Is that plain? Hello? And the trouble is, when they come with logic, it sounds right. It's just their conclusions are wrong. And it's the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also, verse 3, 
We all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, if you're fulfilling your desires, that's the desires of the flesh and of your mind, what you think is what you do, what you believe is what you'll live, and you are dead in trespasses and sins, you're going to live the wrong way. You'll fulfill your desires, your wants, your needs, and you'll go after the things that suit you. You'll fulfill it. You'll be full. And the only satisfaction you're going to get is by living totally alien to the righteousness of God. You can be religious about it, but in the end, you're really wanting to live for yourself. For me and mine. What I can get, what I can do. By nature, the children of wrath. That's your nature. <laughs> it's just part of your being. And that's how people are. And you can't take someone who's living in the kingdom of darkness and expect him to live by the rules of the kingdom of light. Uh, one thing I, I, I had when I was young and I was growing up, I had a beautiful Alsatian called Storm. And I was about four at the time, four and a half. I remember Storm, lovely Alsatian. Okay? Now, Storm had an aversion to one thing. Cats. If Storm saw a cat, nothing would stop him. He would go for... Now, the cat could gallop up a tree and Storm would sit there and wait. But that cat would know that his nature was to kill the cat. And he would chase any cat. And it didn't take long for every cat in the neighborhood to know that you didn't come near our property because there was a dog who liked to bite them. That was the nature. Now, strangely enough, sin hates righteousness. There's an enmity set between the serpent and the seed of the woman. So when someone's born again, there's a natural enmity birthed. And doggy will chase cat. Hates it. Can't help it. It's by nature they're children of wrath. The nature of my dog was to chase the cat. The nature of the cat was to run like hell. But, because he knew if he was caught, the dog would get him. You understand what nature is. So when someone's in sin, their nature is totally against righteousness. They can't bear someone because everything in them goes against. And what rises in them when they're challenged is the hatred of righteousness. It's not rational. It's their nature. 
If the dog sat down and thought about it for a little while, he'd realize that to chase a cat who could zoom up a tree was a pointless occupation. And, you know, you can't sit there forever and the cat can outlast the dog in patience. But what the dog does, it did by nature, it wasn't rational. And what people do by nature is not rational. Why should you hate what's right and pure and holy and love what's vile? Because you want your desires, your will and your way, so you will love what's wrong because that is your lifestyle, it's your nature. And you'll hate what's right because it challenges your nature. Is that clear? Hello? You understanding me? Well, you all do under, you understand. See, because the, the dog concludes that somehow he's going to catch the cat. Never does. Occasionally he would nip it, but the cat would soon be out and off. It's the nature, children of wrath, even of others. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Now, we're dead in sins. We have no ability to get out of our mess. God does a work sovereignly to birth us into life. Hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has before ordained that we should walk in good works, but when he saves us, when he translates us, it's not because we're doing anything, we're dead. We have no ability to respond to God. We have no ability to do anything right. We have no ability to change our lives. We have no ability to get ourselves out of our mess. God does it. And God translates us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And when we get here, we're created for good works. That's what we created. And God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now I want you to know something about this. That you will only walk in the good works that God has ordained you should walk in if, and this is the big if, and this is the if that makes it conditional. If you fulfill his will, not yours.
In other words, the big if in every life after regeneration is who you live for. You can give up <coughs> Christ's dominion over you. Now, I want you to note a truth. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand it. Here's the cat. Okay, come over this way a bit. See? And there's the dog. You've got to stand right in front of the speaker here. Okay. This man is a child, by nature a child of wrath. Now, God knew when Adam sinned that Adam gave away the lordship to the devil. God knew that he could never ever trust man with lordship again. Hear me and hear well because this is where the majority of deception comes in the modern church. God knew he could never trust man again with lordship. Never. Man could sell out his lordship. So God made one Lord of all. His name is Jesus. And he said, this Jesus every knee shall bow to him. This Jesus, every power and dominion and principality shall bow to him. It's at the name of Jesus. What he did not do was restore lordship to the man. Never. Because God knew you and I could not be trusted with lordship. You do not have dominion over anything. God knew he could never entrust you with lordship because you could sell it out. So what he did, he said there's going to be one lord and king of kings. There's going to be one who has total supremacy all power, all authority, all dominion is given to him both in heaven, on earth, under the earth. All right? Hello? Now this is a fundamental truth that's been lost to the church. Jesus overcame the devil. Jesus overcame every principality and power. Jesus, when he walked on earth, showed his total supremacy over disease, over sickness. He showed his supremacy over devils and demons. He showed his supremacy over every power on earth. He showed his supremacy over the nature. When the storms came, he rebuked the storm and they were calm. He showed his supremacy over everything, over creation. When a man with no eyes, born with no eyes, he took the dust of the earth, he spat on it, and he created eyes in that man's sockets. 
When he came to the dead, he raised the dead. He showed he had total supremacy in every realm. That was part of his life. To show he had dominion, to show he had supremacy. He was always over the devil. He never fought the devil. There was never a chance of the devil overcoming him. He was outside of the lordship of the devil completely. He's lord of all and always was and always will be. All right? Amen? Now, when God saw that man needed a new creation and a new image, and he needed to be born and translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, he took you out of the dominion of Satan the kingdom of darkness, he translated you in to the kingdom of his dear son, but no longer did he give you dominion, he gave it to Jesus. And therefore, in life as a new created person, the only freedom you have is in total subservience to the Lord of glory and the King of kings. Whilst you walk in that and Christ is in you and you allow him to rule your life, you walk in freedom. Bible puts it this way. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You hearing me? But what God did not do, and this is important, Many, many Christians have got this wrong. Jesus, I want to change it. Jesus, man. Anointed of the Holy Ghost. Anointed of the Holy Ghost. The Son of God. A Son of God. The mistake is Jesus isn't Jesus. You don't become a God. You really don't. You never have dominion. You never do. Jesus has dominion. And the only way you can live in victory is live under the kingship of Christ. And what has happened is people imagine when they get born again that then they have the right to choose. No, no, no. When you get born again and live in his kingdom... You have total subservience to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have no right to choose anything. Because if you start to choose, you separate yourself from him, and you separate yourself from his dominion, and you begin to fulfill the lusts of the flesh, and the lusts and desires of the world, and you go out of life in Christ. It doesn't mean you've lost your sonship. It means you don't live in the victory that's in Christ. 
Is that plain? Never believe that when Jesus meets you, that then you have dominion. You never get dominion. God will never give it back to man. You say, well, I have authority. Liar. Jesus has all authority. Now, if you walk in him and live in him, you have authority only in your subservience to his will. You have freedom in subservience to his will. As you do what he commands, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship with your brethren, but it's only as you obey the lordship of Christ that it works in your life. And that is the problem. People think when they get born again that they then have a freedom to do what they want in life. Total deception. Now, they don't give up dominion because they didn't get dominion. They don't renounce because they can't renounce what they never had. That's why it says in Romans chapter 6, to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are. And then it lists the two, do you remember? Romans, let's look at it, Romans chapter 6, stay. Uh, Romans chapter 6. I want you all to understand it. Now this will explain to you something you might not have understood before. Okay? Verse 11 says this, Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members of instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members of instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now that's it. Sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. You're going one of two ways. Now a born again person has an option how he lives. Obedience unto righteousness or sin unto death. Now, when he's not born again, and when he's not regenerate, hey, <laughs> he has no option. He's under the dominion of Satan. When God delivers you from the dominion of Satan, and you're a born-again believer, what you have then is the option of to whom you're going to yield yourself. 
You can obey God, you can live for God's will, or you can live for your own. And the problem is, in so many people's lives, when they get into a Christian life, they become religious, and they think that they can live. Now they're free, they've got their choice, and they go after their own things, and they get destroyed by it. The deceitfulness of riches snares a lot of people. The cares of this world. Do you remember when we looked at the seed? Is the word of God. And that which gets choked is that which likes the pleasures of this life, likes the cares of this world. Do you remember that? Brings no fruit to perfection. Doesn't mean it wasn't a true seed. Doesn't mean it wasn't a true plant. Trouble was they forgot that it was obedience that was the crux, obedience unto righteousness, that gives you freedom, and going after your own pleasures and lusts, that destroys your life. You say, but they're born again. Yes. That's how they have the option. That's why he says to the people that are under grace, know you not to whom you yield. You see, you're not under law, you're under grace. But you've got to understand that under grace doesn't give you freedom. Shall you continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And what was the sin? The sin was disobedience against God. All right? Are you all understanding where I'm coming from? Now you can look at your own life and say, hey, just a minute, where am I? Who am I living for? The greatest curse on earth is that people believe once they're born again, they're going to heaven, and they forget to realize that, sorry, there's a demand by God on your life. Lifestyle has to totally change. All right? Now logic would say, but I'm born again. I'm saved. God's met me. Logic would say, I was in that, but now I'm in this. But when you're here, you've got an even greater responsibility. To whom you yield yourself. Servants to obey. His servants you are, whom you obey wherever there is sin unto death. Now, the good thing about it is this. When you're born again, you never get dominion. Jesus has it. And the only way that dominion's going to work in your life is by you being obedient to him. If you're disobedient, sin and death will work. But it doesn't change the fact that Jesus has dominion. Even when you go into sin, that's why it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us the same and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The reason he can do that is because now the question of dominion is settled for all eternity. You'll find that over in Hebrews. Okay, Hebrews chapter 9.
12, verse 11, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this building neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkled, sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now, what happens in the new covenant is its eternal redemption and God has purchased you and once you're born again you can never ever not be born it's an eternal redemption now the redemption that you have is redemption from the dominion of Satan you have redemption from the nature you have you have redemption from what you were born in trespasses and sins, you have redemption from what Adam did, and you have redemption from total dominion of Satan. You come out of that and you're translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Now when you're translated into the kingdom of his dear son, there's no way that you can ever lose that redemption. You're redeemed. Now the redemption is from the power and dominion of Satan. Now you're under the power and dominion of God. But God is not going to compel you. God then gives you options how to live. You have free will for the first time in your life. You can choose who you're going to serve. And that is the problem in life. So many people, when they get redemption, assume that anything they do then is justified by God. Anything they do is all right by God. No! God has a plan for your life. God has an ordained path for you to walk in. And you need to find that path. And you need to walk humbly before your God. And you need to understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you must take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow him. If you don't do that, what will happen? You will yield your body as an instrument of unrighteousness and it'll become sin unto death and in that day you'll be saved as by fire you'll lose everything you lose all reward doesn't mean you'll go to hell you can't once you're born and you're a son that is an impossibility but what will happen is you will lose all the benefits of the dominion of Christ in your life and you'll suffer the deprivation of those who've walked away from God. You won't have relinquished the dominion of Christ because you can't. Christ never gave it back to you. God the Father knew that would be silly. That is why when you go wrong you can return. If God hadn't prepared such a redemption for us that's eternal, then if we make a mistake, we'd be back 
in our trespasses and sins. You can't actually be back in an unregenerate state once you're regenerated. All it means is that who you yield yourself servants to obey his servants you are. Is that plain? Hello? Most people never understand that. They're not taught it, and their idea of redemption is wrong. No. You know, the archangel Michael said to the serpent, the Lord rebuke you. Hey, he understood, an archangel understood, that the dominion resides in God. And when you're born again, you understand it's in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, not at the name of a Christian. You do not have that authority. <laughs> it's when Jesus is there and manifests that disease goes. It's when Jesus is manifest and his life is manifest that the power of disease, the power of sin, the power of things is broken. It is not you who has authority. It is Christ alone. That's why I say to people, if God does it, he does it and if God doesn't do it it doesn't get done your prayers will not affect you do not have dominion Jesus has dominion is that clear Christ in you is the hope of glory it's what God is in you and if you submit to his lordship then you will find things will work in your life in wonderful ways. Miracles will happen in wonderful ways. But what you have to understand is if you have yielded yourself to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, you're outside of his lordship. You left it long ago. Doesn't mean you're not born again. Doesn't mean God didn't meet you it just means you're continuing in sin God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein it's quite simple just decide to govern your own life is that plain Hebrews chapter 10 has put it to scripture. Hebrews 10, verse 10. Oh, let's take, um, let's take verse 8. Oh, verse 7. Verse 7. Hebrews 10. Let, let's look at it. I mean, I love the whole lot of it, but there you are. Then said I, this is Jesus, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin thou wouldst not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It's a one-off thing. The thing that made 
Jesus' sacrifice, efficacious for you and me, that means of effect and effective in our lives and of value, is the fact that he lived totally under the lordship of God the Father. He never ever took upon himself the authority to live the way he wanted to live. He only submitted. And it is that will that he took that broke the dominion of Satan forever over mankind. He doesn't have the power. And when you're born again, no matter what you do and to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, you cannot give up the dominion that Christ has bought in redemption. The devil can never control your life. He can never manipulate your life. Your, the lust of your flesh and the desires of your flesh and the pride of your life can take you wrong, but the devil can never reestablish his dominion over you because you belong to God. And that is a wonderful thing in redemption. That's what makes a Christian who's gone wrong, totally different from a sinner who's never had salvation. Is that plain? Are you all understanding what I'm saying? Huh? I don't want anyone to go home and say, I didn't understand that, because... Let's look on then in Hebrews. Okay, verse... Um, Uh, 16 this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more now where remission of these is there is no more offering for sin having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath co consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful the promise and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the gathering together of ourselves as a manner of some is is that plain I mean the writer to the Hebrews spells it all out and I'm sure it was Paul but um, that's just my conclusion and you can't always trust conclusions can you isn't that simple hey we're redeemed we've been redeemed not by the blood of bull and goats but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ we've got boldness to enter in by a new and living way but we've got to hold fast the profession of our faith. What is the profession of our faith? That Jesus Christ is Lord. 
that God has raised him from the dead. That's the profession of our faith. Now, you might leave the lordship of Christ, but it doesn't negate his lordship. He's still lord. God never gave you lordship over your life. You can't lose it. You never had it. Christ became king of kings and lord of lords. And when you realize you've left what you should live in, which is God's love for me. That's first love. How much God loves me. Redemption was when I was dead in trespasses and sins. Christ died for me. Hey, he did it all. He's redeemed me. It's not what I do, it's what he did. And when I begin to believe that, and then realize that I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has before ordained that I should walk in, I don't have an option. Everything's of God. I'm totally and completely sold on the reality of God's omnipotence. Almighty God, all-powerful, almighty. There's nothing on earth that man can do. God is everything. Disease has to bow because Jesus is Lord. Sin has to bow. Everything has to bow. And whilst I walk in his will and obey him, I can live in his lordship. I don't become Lord, I live in the victory that he has obtained for us. And that is the only victory you can ever have in life. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the devil's whole occupation with people's lives is to try and get them to live for themselves. Oh yeah, you believe in Jesus, but hey, you know, you've got a right to your own way. You've got a right to your own life. You've got a right. You have no rights at all. No, you're not. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your mortal body. Now, that is the truth of redemption. And if you don't understand that, you can't possibly be in life. I don't know I can make it any plainer. I think it's very plain. Okay, uh, Ephesians chapter 2. You know that the church suffers through ignorance. And ignorance is deadly. Even when we were dead in sins, verse 5, hath he quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved, and have raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, in Ephesians 1, 
Ephesians 1, verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints." And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. It's his power, his glory, his church, his dominion, and we're brought into it by grace. Never says that we have any power or dominion Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Just want to get you to see the scriptures. Acts chapter 2. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost had been poured out, here is his testimony. And this is what he wanted everyone to know. He said in verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. You see, God made him that. Lord and Christ. Because he fulfilled the will of God. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Is that plain? I mean, the scripture makes it plain. I'm amazed how many people get into a delusion 
And their delusion is this, if I can have my cat and dog back. Um, the delusion is this. And here's the big delusion. You see, when Jesus rose, God made him Lord and King. He gave him dominion. All authority, all power, all dominion is given to him. The devil lost his dominion. When redemption comes, God does not give the saved sinner dominion. Never. When redemption comes, what Jesus does is he lives within, and whilst we submit to his lordship, we live in his victory. It's his power that works in us. It's his life that we have. I live, nevertheless not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's his life. Now, I don't have to live that life. I can make a choice to walk out of that life, and I walk away from his dominion and take dominion for myself. But the devil can never take it back because I've got eternal redemption. He can't take back that dominion. That was done once for all. Christ has dealt with it. But I can then establish my own way in my life and live outside of all the benefits of salvation. And if people met me, they wouldn't even know whether I was a Christian or not. Because the Lordship of Christ no longer is effective. What it doesn't mean is that the dog has become a cat. Or the Christian has suddenly got dominion over everything in the earth. No, 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 no. Jesus has dominion. It's his power. Paul's, um, Peter said when, when the cripple was healed at the gates of the temple beautiful he said don't think it's by our power or holiness this man stands before you whole Jesus did it you see we can't ever claim anything for ourselves we can't even claim and that's why I always watch out when a man or a woman seeks to establish themselves say how great they are, what they've done, they've already moved out of the lordship of Christ into the realm of the devil. Now the devil can't get dominion over them, but they'll live like a devil because they'll fulfill the lusts of their flesh and the pride of their life, and they won't live in submission to Christ. You would think that they were just in trespasses and sins and dead. They're not, they're alive. They've just walked out. And none of the benefits of salvation work in their life. They're slow-bellied liars. That's the way it is. We never become Jesus. The dog doesn't become the cat, and the cat isn't the dog. Jesus... Is King of kings and Lord of lords. And when we regenerate, what we have within us is the life of Christ. 
But the dominion of Christ and the authority of Christ is still residual in Christ, not in us. And that is where the error comes from. People say, oh, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I know I, I got filled with the Spirit. I've got this, I've got that. Uh, and then they think they have some authority in themselves. No, no, no. All authorities in him. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Hey, it's his kingdom. We enter the kingdom of God. There's only one king. His name is Jesus. Don't ever think you have a right. You have no rights. So what I want to know in anyone's life is only one question. It's not, are you successful? It's not, are things going all right for you? Do you seem blessed? That's not what's important. The one question is, who is Lord? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's why you've got to hold fast your profession. Because if you walk out of submission to the will of God and God being in total control of your life, you cannot confess that Jesus is Lord. It's an abdication of my rights to Him. An abdication of my life to His. I live. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. His dominion, His power, His authority. That is what redemption is. Where are you this morning? Who rules your life? The dog didn't become the cat. And your conclusions are totally wrong. If your life doesn't match up to Christ's life, I want to tell you where you are. You're dead in trespasses and sins. And that is the position of most people. They believe they have dominion. They believe they have power. But in fact, they're dead. They've made assumptions. Because I believe Jesus died for me. You could take it, another analogy. You could say... The Bible says, if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I shall be saved. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The conclusion, I'm saved. Just a minute. The two statements... And a lot of people will say, I believe on Jesus Christ, therefore I'm saved. That is a false conclusion. You see, you can't take the first presupposition, if I believe, and then take the second and say, well, I do believe, and therefore, because your conclusion will be wrong, because the two suppositions aren't right. You can't take them out of 
context and out of balance. In the same way, a dog is a mammal, a cat is a mammal, therefore a cat is a dog. It's ridiculous. And that's how people's logic goes. And that's how Christians get stumbled. Because it has more to do with God's sovereign dealing and sovereign work than just a belief. But you can get the conclusions. And how many people have I met when I challenge them about their life and where they are in God, they say, well, I know I'm saved. How do you know you're saved? Well, I asked Jesus into my heart. And the Bible says, if any man open the door, huh! But he was standing at the door of the church, not the door of someone's heart. And the church had rejected him who is Lord. Now, he was knocking at the door, but I want to tell you, he doesn't knock at the door of your heart. When God comes in, he sows his seed right into your heart, whether you like it or not. And you're born again of the incorruptible word of God. Jesus is not waiting for you. He doesn't ever need to wait for you. When he decides it's time to meet you, he will do a work in you, whether you like it or not. When you are dead in trespasses and sins, God, who is rich in mercy, got hold of you. It's God who did it. Don't you ever get... Otherwise, it's not grace, undeserved, favor. It's merit. You did something totally false and that's how people get out of logic and into false assumptions alright is that plain you know, I just want you all to understand I'm going to deal over the next week I'm going to deal with how the redemption affects the individual today I'm just dealing with what Christ has done for us and how it's universal now I want to apply it individually but I wanted you all to understand the way it works if you don't understand the way it works you get yourself in bother you see the dog is a mammal the cat is a mammal but a cat isn't a dog Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords he's a son of God the son of God you are a son of God but what you aren't you're not Jesus it's Christ in you the hope of glory amen does that help you hmm does that help I, I want to nail the lies because I know that if you live in a lie it'll destroy you and I believe in the truth as it is in Christ remember this that a saved person it's salvations of God God is the author and finisher of our faith he's the one who does it that's why it's so wonderful when you understand redemption it's not something you do it's something he has done for you that's what's so glorious about it I find when people talk about, you know, sanctification as though they're going to make themselves holy, it stinks. You can't. God is my justification. God is my sanctification. He is my redemption. He did it all. That's what's so wonderful. And it makes it so easy. 
It's a struggle when you try and do it because you won't make it. But he did it all. So here's a saved individual. But she has no right to her own life. Paul says, no, you're not. You've been bought with the price. You're not your own. You've no right to your will. Jesus said in the volume of the book, it is written of me, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God, by the which will we are sanctified. Okay? The thing is, when I realize that I've got to do God's will, not mine, everything changes. Now I could yield myself to fulfill what I want, what the flesh wants. I could yield myself to do what the devil wants me to do. But I tell you, I can never come under his dominion. Therefore, a Christian that says the devil made me do it is a liar. Because in redemption, his power is broken forever. It's an eternal redemption. Now it's what I want or what I want to do for him. Am I going to live to glorify God or am I going to live for myself? So the option's mine now. Whereas when I was dead in trespasses and sins, I had no option at all. By nature, I'd do what was wrong. Now, by nature, I'll do what's right. The trouble is that so many Christians aren't taught that they've got to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow him. They're not taught that if you build your reputation, Christ made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself. Well, if you go against that to build up what you are, you're going to destroy yourself and those around you. That's why human beings lie. They build up a great ethos of what they are and how great they are. And they sing the song when they come to church, How Great I Am. Uh, they, 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 their whole thing is me, 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 my, my, my. That's a devil speaking. You say, well, that's not the devil in the garden. No, that's a person who had redemption and then decides to become his own God. And they'll lose everything. All the benefits of what Christ has done are gone. But it doesn't mean their redemption's gone. They'll be saved as by fire. But I wouldn't like to find out what that means in that day okay